Welcome to a Sunny Side Up Life podcast, a show for the woman who is ready to live an abundant life full of freedom and positivity. I'm your host, Sammy Womack, a nationally recognized money expert, budgeting coach, and your very own hype squad. I'm on a mission to help you break free from survival mode, gain financial freedom, stay motivated, and focus on what matters most. Join the movement and let's start living on the brighter side of life together. Today's episode is brought to you by the Price of Avocado Toast podcast. Price of Avocado Toast is the podcast for everyday humans looking to hear stories of triumph, advice, and all kinds of money talk in a no-shame conversation. Join my friends Haley and Justin weekly as they push to normalize finance talk among millennials through interviews and their own chats as a young married couple. You'll gain insights into successful strategies for managing your money all while feeling like you're sitting down with your closest friends. No guilt, no humiliation, just real raw honesty sprinkled with a bit of humor and grace. If you need those cheerleaders on your debt-free journey or just want to join in on the energy of this young couple, then the Price of Avocado Toast is the podcast for you. Subscribe today wherever you listen to podcasts. And thanks again to the Price of Avocado Toast for supporting this episode. I am so excited for you guys to hear this interview today. Today, I am joined by my husband, Daniel. Daniel and I have been married for 14 years. We've been together for 19. Through that time, we've gone from half a million dollars in debt to over a $350,000 net worth. We've been through a lot of ups and downs together. It hasn't always been rainbows and butterflies, and often in the personal finance space, a male partner's perspective is missing. So I wanted to share that with you guys today. If you have been wondering what it is like living with a money nerd, a financial coach, this episode is for you. Also, quick note, this is the last episode of the season. We are gonna be taking a break till after the new year. Don't worry, we will be back better than ever, new guests, new topics. And we really wanna thank you guys for tuning in this season, for all the downloads, the support, the shares, We really appreciate it, me and my whole team. And I just want to say a special thank you for supporting this season of the podcast. All right. Okay. Let's jump right into it. Let's welcome Daniel to the podcast. All right, everyone. So I have my husband, Daniel, here with me slightly against his will. You can thank V for this. She planned this. She booked you. She got with your people, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We're blaming V. She's okay. In trouble. Yes. So I have interviewed you twice before. The other two times I did make you go on camera. At least you're not on camera this time, right? <laughs> I guess. So. I guess okay. But it's been a while. So I'll link to those old videos that I forced you to do. But people always want to hear from you because. I'm the one that's like super active on social media, all smiley in the pictures. And you're the guy who's like quiet on social media. People think that you're grumpy because I am grumpy. Oh my gosh. Okay. So people want to hear from you. So we're going to start with just a little bit of our backstory, how we met, how old we were when we fell in love. Do you want to tell the story or you want me to tell it? I guess it would have to be you because I don't remember a whole lot of that. Oh my gosh. Okay. So we met when I was like, what, 12, 13? 13. 
something like that. Okay, so you're three years older than me. Mm-hmm. The lake, one of the lakes that we go to a lot when people see our stories that were on the boat and stuff like that is the lake that we met and grew up on. Well, that's where you were born and raised. And then I moved there later. My family bought a marina. Then you, your brother, your friends, everybody would like walk up to our store, buy sodas, candy, eat at our restaurant, hang out and pester the girls behind the counter, which was me and my sisters. Yeah. Okay. So that's basically how we met. And then it took a few years of us knowing each other, riding the bus together, kind of having a little little junior high romance that didn't really turn into much. And then finally, when I was 15 and you were 18 is when we really started getting serious about dating. Yeah. And we still kind of on and off a little bit through the end of my high school years. And then we got engaged right after I turned 19 and got married right after I turned 20. Pretty much. Pretty much. Did I miss anything? I don't think so. We moved in together right before we got engaged. We lived together before we got engaged, right? I think we're still 18 when we moved in together. Yeah, we got en- we got engaged. It was like my night right ni- after you moved in with me. Yeah, it was like my 19th birthday dinner because you were at work for my actual 19th yeah. birthday. It was Labor Day. That's how I always remember it. And that was pretty much it. And then we were we waited till we had been married about two years when we had June. Yeah. And then Izzy three years later, Melanie a year and a half later after Izzy. I think that's kind of roughly like our story. Um, then okay, so let's tell a little bit about our individual money stories growing up. You don't have to get into a lot of detail. We're not <laughs> here to like rag on our parents or grandparents, but we both grew up relatively poor broke like money was an issue with both of our parents and I've shared a lot about like my parents filed bankruptcy when I was like four years old and my parents never filed bankruptcy but we never had any money they never had any money I mean yeah they were always it always seemed like they were fighting a lot about bills that needed to be paid and you know this and that and stuff like that but i don't i don't ever remember them talking about bankruptcy yeah so it was like a struggle for both of us kind of growing up we both grew up like without name brand clothes without you know nobody like gave us anything on a silver platter we both we had to buy our own vehicles when we were teenagers we both worked yeah. a lot as kids, teenagers, yeah. you know, it was like that. And, but also I think there was never like a conversation of how to build wealth, how to become wealthy. It was kind of always the opposite. It was like, oh, rich people are like greedy or. I was never really taught how to manage money, especially from my mom and, and my biological father and my stepdad was great with his money but never really taught me how to you know to do the same yeah he was more of a like give me your money i'll do it for you yeah i just i don't i don't know i don't really know what the deal was there yeah Um, yeah but there wasn't like for one we didn't i don't think either one of us really knew anyone that actually was like a millionaire or there were like 
elusive people, especially like when you grow up on the lake, like you're like, oh, he, you know, he has that nice truck, that nice bass boat, he's big money or, you know, something like that. But it was never like people that we really knew or definitely no one that would like teach us (laughs) anything. So that's kind of like how we both grew up essentially. And then, well, basically you've had the same career since before we even got married. You were right before you turned 21. Yep. When you got this same job that you have now. August 14th, 2006. Yeah. And we got married 2008. Mm-hmm. So it was right around, you know, we had a couple of years of having this job before we got married. And then a few more before we really had kids. And then a couple of more before we decided to get serious with our money. So it was about six. I was, I think, would say about eight, eight years. Yeah, that's true. Eight or nine years. Eight years. Me having the job I have now and just kind of not really doing anything productive with my paychecks, just going out to eat, buying what we wanted. And when we ran out of money, we ran out of money. Yeah. We would spend until it was all gone. And then we'd be... And then we would max out our credit cards. And, you know, then I'd go back to work and then we'd freak out because we had massive amounts of credit card bills to pay off and... It would just kind of started snowballing from there. Yeah. I remember lots of times of us being like, we didn't want you to go back to work, but also we needed you to go back to work. And like that pit of your stomach feeling of you going back to work because we needed another paycheck. I remember a couple of times, more than a couple of times of me trying to be like, okay, now what am I going to do for money while you're at work waiting on that next paycheck? Yeah, because it was a solid four weeks before I would get paid again. Yeah, because... I mean, there was several times I went back to work and the the truck note was due. Mm -hmm. And I couldn't pay it because we didn't have any money to pay it. And I had to wait. Right. So to anyone who doesn't, like, know a lot about your work schedule, because we kind of glazed over that. So basically your work schedule is 21 days on, 21 days off. Had this Mm -hmm. since 2006. Mm -hmm. We're pretty used to it. Our kids don't know any different. We barely know any different. And do you want to explain like a tiny bit about like your job? Like what you do exactly? Uh, I mean, it's pretty much, I'm just in charge of all all cargo operations. Um, That's just loading the vessel and, and offloading the vessel. It's all liquid cargo, dangerous liquid cargo, oil, gas, diesel, any, you know, yeah. All all the fuels that make the world turn. Yeah. And you've had different you've been on different boats throughout the years where you've been up and down the east coast. Like right now you're just in New York Harbor, but you've yeah. had flew yeah. out of Philadelphia, Boston. Been I've been to pretty much every state up and down the east coast. Yeah. Harbor wise. In and in and out of Savannah for a while. In the Gulf for about a year almost almost two years in puerto rico yeah yeah i've been been to a lot of places yeah so anyway so that's a little bit because people always ask me questions about like well what exactly do you do so on the barges hauling different cargo depending on which boats you've been on throughout the years and flying in and out and stuff like that and then you know the girls and i stay here and hold the fort down and hang out and You know, and part of, I think a lot of kind of going into the story of like us becoming parents and 
us deciding like who we wanted to be as parents and different things like that was we kind of, we started to do things very like by the book. We started to do like what people expected us to do, like air quotes, what you were supposed to do. You were supposed to buy a big house, drive brand new vehicles, you know, be busy, busy, busy. Yeah. Uh, we didn't, we never really planned on homeschooling. Like, even though I was homeschooled most of my life, you were homeschooled a tiny bit. Yeah. We, we, I didn't really plan on us homeschooling. Like we planned on June going to public school and we, the other girls, we didn't have the other girls yet, but that was our plan. We were going to live a very like quote unquote, a normal life in spite of your work schedule. Right. And we very much were, I think the early years we were very resentful of your job. Even we were like, when is this going to be done? Like, we didn't plan on you retiring from this no. work for a while. Like, it took us several years into our journey before we were like, maybe you should just ride this out and just retire. <laughs> but so then we kind of started to, I think, like question the norm and be like, why are we busy, busy? Why are we living beyond our means? We don't have to send our kids to public school. We don't have to spend all our money. We don't have to do all these things. And we kind of started to like slowly, you know, by we started to like kind of adopt minimalism. We decided we were going to homeschool. I quit working and came home and then, yeah. you know, eventually started my business, of course. But I'm home with the girls now where I wasn't when June was a baby and just a lot of different things. And so and then that kind of turned into our money. Also, we're like, we don't have to do what everyone else is doing. We don't have to live above our means. We don't have to work until we keel over. Yeah. <laughs> and we started to like kind of question it and kind of like live a little counterculturally. And it kind of went from there. So it took us a while to kind of get in the swing of how we do things now. Yeah. I mean, it was, I, I don't know what the right word for it is. It wasn't easy. Yeah. And it was kind of a, a shock, I guess. It was like a culture shock, kind of. Well, because we were kind of just in the flow of doing everything like everybody else did. That whole, and I, I hate this saying, I know I work with a lot of guys that say this, keeping up with the Joneses. Yeah. I, I don't I don't know where anybody gets that from or why anybody thinks they have to do that. But we did that for the longest time. Um, and I think it was us stopping and taking that step back and, and, and looking at ourselves and everybody else and basically just saying, I don't, we don't have nothing in common with anybody we're trying to keep up with. Yeah. And I really don't give a crap <laughs> what my neighbor thinks about what I drive or how I dress or. Yeah, exactly. And then I think, some of, one of the things that I was going to mention that I had in my outline was to talk about some of our biggest money mistakes. And I think that's probably number one was tied it up in like all the years that we lived above our means, that we worried about what everybody else thought, all of that mindset together is like living too fast paced. Yeah. We went out to eat all the time because we would never stop and take the time to like actually grocery shop or God forbid meal plan. God forbid slow down enough to actually cook dinner. And we were just living like so 
like head first basically. Yeah. So we started to like slow down and it was just, it was a very intentional, maybe three years or so. Yeah. Cause we decided kind of and what I always share is like our rock bottom kind of financial moment was like that time when it was time for Izzy to be born and we didn't have the money for you to fly home. It was kind of like our financial rock bottom. We maxed out that last credit card for you to fly home. And then even that, it took us like another 10 months to even try to do a budget. And then kind of from there. So it was like a year almost of us living in that rock bottom all the way up until we sold the big house and we're 100% debt free. That was like almost what, three years maybe from our rock bottom moment to that? Yeah, roughly, yeah. Two and a half, maybe. So yeah, it was about three years. And I think that people think that it's gonna happen really quickly. No, I mean it. I mean, it probably could happen more quickly if you live somewhere that you can just sell your house in like one weekend, but our house was for sale for over a year. <laughs> so it took us a while <laughs> to well, do that. Yeah, it says about, a lot about the market around here and living out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. But tell me, okay, so everybody's always heard like my version of our financial rock bottom, like when you couldn't fly home. But how did you feel from that? Like, do you remember that feeling? I mean, I guess I've tried to block a lot of that out, but I do remember having to put it on, put the flight on the credit card, knowing that it was putting us over our limit and kind of just feeling, I don't know, defeated. Yeah. Helpless. Feeling just, I don't just, it just to that point where it's just like, why am I even up here? Why do I have this job? Why do I make this money and can't even get right with it? Yeah. It, it was like working with no end in sight. Yeah. There was, was no point. We were just, you were working, going to work. I was at home with the girls alone, solo parenting for half of the time for nothing. Like I felt like we were doing all of that for nothing. We weren't going anywhere. Well, at, the, at the time we didn't have anything to show for it. Yeah. Other than just me being gone. And debt. All the time. And yeah, and mountains of debt. Bill collectors calling and the IRS sending us a threatening letter and you know, being like three years behind on our property taxes. And it was just like, it was all for nothing. And so I think that kind of just, it built up to a moment where we were like, all right, we got to do something. But kind of fast forwarding to like about a year later, January, 2015 was when I really came to you with like, okay, here's our debt payoff plan. Here's our budget. This is the order we're going to pay our debt off on in. And you weren't like a hundred percent on board. You were a little skeptical, but like, tell me what you thought. I, at the time I thought this is crazy. Yeah. Crazy. I, I felt like, well, this is going to take too long. And I, I, you know, I'm not a big fan of waiting. I don't have a whole lot of patience. And right then and there, I knew that that was going to take some time. Yeah. You feel like it was just, What's the point in even trying? Yeah, I guess because, well, you're, you're just in that mindset of, you know, that I guess this is the life we have now. Yeah. And yeah, what what is the point? 
Yeah. And I, and I've seen this with different clients, which we can get into all of that kind of in a minute too, is the partner is kind of like, well, now that we're on a budget, we're going to have to really pinch pennies. We're going to have to only think about money. I don't want to have to think about my money all the time. And like, did you feel like that or? Kind of. Yeah. Like yeah, I just, yeah. I mean, we went from pretty much just doing whatever we wanted to do and not really giving our money any second glance to literally just paying attention to every dollar we spent. Yeah. At first. And yeah, it was frustrating because I had things I wanted to do, things I wanted to buy. You had things you wanted to do, and it was just you had to, we had to stop ourselves and just like crap. You know, I can't, I, don't, I can't spend it. We can't spend any more money because we're not going to reach this goal if we yeah. do this. And I think I, I hear a lot from my clients of like, you know, I mean, I work with women, so it's always the man. It's not all that all men think like this, but in my case, it is because <laughs> my clients are women, but. It's like, you know, her partner is saying, well, now we're not going to get to have any fun anymore because she made us be on this stupid budget. And I think you were like that in the yeah, beginning. I'm, yeah. And yeah you, I, I, was like, I was like that. But that was also the immature version of myself. Yes. And, you know, I, I get it when you're in your, your mid-20s, late-20s, early-30s, and you feel like that. But when you're in your mid-30s to your 40s and you're still acting like you're a teenager in your early 20s oh we're not going to have any fun blah 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 those days should be over for you because you should be thinking about your future yeah you should be thinking about retirement because the truth is if you continue to live the way we were living at first you won't be there will be no fun in in the golden years <laughs> yeah you will be too broke and in you won't be able to do anything. Yeah. You, you'll, you'll just be way worse off than what you are now, then. But thinking ahead to that future, that's 30, 40 years into the future, and a lot of people will argue, well, what if I don't even live that long? Was it, well, was it, that a waste of time? It, it doesn't. You, you can say that all day long. Well, what if I don't live that long? Well, maybe you won't, but the off chance is you are, and you're going to be 60, 70 years old and, you know, somebody's taking your house from you or well, repossessing your car or you, you can't retire. You're literally 70 years old and still having to friggin' work. Yeah. Or, or you're, or like in my parents' case, my dad died in his 40s and left behind my mom and three kids who you know I was 20 but my sisters were still teenagers we were married but barely and honestly I was still in college I could have you know if my dad would have been alive and healthy he probably still would have been helping me financially because I was in college so technically he left behind four dependents so even if you don't make it to 70 or 80 or 90 your dependents might and they still will depend on you. So there's a whole other thing to that. And not only that, also, I think what a lot of people forget 
is that the peace that it brings you in the present. So we talk a lot about like, oh, well, I'm not going to have any fun anymore, blah, blah, blah. But it's not, it's also about the peace that it brings you knowing you have a plan in place. This, the one thing that I could take away from everything that we've done, in the beginning, you absolutely will not have any fun. <laughs> it's just, it's the same mindset of getting your ass out of bed in the morning to go work out or, or do yoga or whatever it is that gets you up out of bed. That motivation is the same motivation that says, okay, for the next two years, three years, four years, however long it takes, whatever your situation is, to motivate yourself to lock down and get it done. And yeah. You get your debt paid off or what, whatever it is you got to do, then you can start having fun again. That's true. I mean, serious because fun. The the last how how many years? Yeah. We've had tons of fun. Yeah. We've actually gotten to the point to where we're like, we need to slow down. We need to slow down. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I think what I try to teach my clients is like, yeah, you can budget in a little fun here and there. We still would go out to eat here and there. We would do, you know, we started to get like a little have like cheaper date nights, or we would we started like with the girls, we would go for walks on the nature trails or go to the park or, you know, cheaper things like that. We would still have fun here and there. But then, like you said, you kind of get your act together after two or three years of having cheap fun. Then you get to cash flow a boat and spend all the summers on the lake. Like we've done the past, what, four or five, however many summers now, because we cash flowed a boat and different things like that and it pays off and it's also the peace and i remember one conversation that we had that stuck with me i don't know if you remember this conversation was we were at your mom's house that one night and we were sitting around the fire and it was just the two of us outside mm -hmm. and you were like you know like thank you for <laughs> doing this <laughs> and i was like it was just really out of the blue and you're like you know i'm sitting here it was hunting season like maybe last year a year before and we were down at your mom's and you were like, I'm sitting here and I just realized like I have not a care in the world. I have nothing, literally nothing to worry about. I don't. Oh, you remember that conversation? Vaguely, yeah. I mean, a lot's happened since then, but yeah, yeah. It's, I don't dread the week. Yeah. There's so many people that dread Monday because they, well, for one, they've got to go to a job that they probably make good money at, but have nothing to show for it. And the bill collectors. Yeah. You know, Monday, all that's, it's just like a, it's, it's a repeating cycle. Yeah. That's why so many people say, oh, I hate Monday. Or tell me your, your, our least favorite saying, back to reality. Oh yeah, back to reality. <laughs> or life's a <laughs> and then you die. There's that Yeah, one. there's that one too. Um, have you been feeling like you need a little extra support on your budgeting journey? Well, that's exactly why I offer one-on-one 12-week coaching sessions. They are designed to give you fully personalized budgeting support. Together, we'll organize your bills, spending, debt, and savings goals, and I'll help you get a system in place that will set you up for financial success for years to come. I'll be there to hold you accountable, talk you through building new habits, and help you adopt a positive mindset towards your life. Visit asunnysideuplife.com slash coaching to apply today to see if coaching is right for you. Now back to the episode. Yeah, those are awful. Back to reality, I hate back to reality because it's like, 
you know, I just everything like, is your your job and your play should it's your reality. You shouldn't hate either one. I hate I hate that thing. It's just nice to have the like you said the peace and the and the quiet. It's it's nice to not worry about yeah what day of the week it is or you know or every time my phone buzzes oh crap what bill collector's calling me now yeah i don't worry about that anymore yeah and now okay so we're the day we're recording this this is the day you're leaving for work tomorrow which mm-hmm. we're low-key dreading like we're not excited about you leaving of course but the difference between now versus you know back in the day yeah. dreading it it's a completely different thing because we have a purpose of why you're going we know why the girls know why and we're kind of like a family with a mission like we know why we're doing it yeah that doesn't mean it doesn't suck sometimes because like no, it still sucks, but... we're still human but it just that you know every, every trip's different there's trips at home that i feel like they're three months instead of three weeks they just they we find ways to make it go by slow and then there's trips like this trip at home i feel like it's flown by yeah well we did too much this trip i feel like i just got home and yet i'm leaving again but yeah it's duty calls i gotta you know gotta go back to work but now our goal is for you to retire roughly at 50 yeah 30 or 37 I always have to remember like how old I am plus three because I forget how old I am. So we're getting there like 13 more years, roughly. We're more or less on track. I mean, the stock market is kind of like not looking great right this second, but that's fine because we still have 13 more years. Yeah. But we're more or less on track for that to happen. Yeah. We also don't know how much my business is going to grow and supplement that in the process and blah, blah, blah. But we're more or less on track for you to retire in your 50s. And, like, would you say that it was worth it? Yeah. (laughs) I mean. Duh. (laughs) I mean, yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, 10, 10, 12, 15 years ago. Yeah. That would have been not even a thought. No. And there's literally guys who are, like, joking, oh, I'm going to die on the boat. And it's not funny it's not it's not funny i mean several guys i work with now will be 70 in two years yeah yeah and and are talking about trying to work another five or six years and and i just don't i I just can't no i don't even know i've already given so much of my life to being gone and working yeah that i feel like when you're that age that's the last thing that should be on your mind you should be if you're Spending flying, time, it, it's for a vacation not, or to go visit your kids or something. <laughs> I mean, I, I understand some people, they, they, they own their own businesses and they, and they love what they do. But I, I'm not talking about that. I'm literally talking about being at sea on, on a vessel. Or working just in general. I mean, you, just for, it, the fact that you work it for, on a boat is one thing. But like still, you work for a big corporation who would replace you tomorrow. It's, you know, just, just like anybody else who works in corporate I just America. I imagine being almost 70 and still... No. Just, no. That's just me. Not everybody. No, but, I mean, way, me, but. yes, I will probably work in my 70s because I love my job and da 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 But having to work is a very 
different thing. But, okay, so segue, abrupt segue, is I want to, on my list was to talk to you about the differences between buying the 08 truck and the diesel truck. Like, so the 08 truck is the truck that was our brand new truck that you bought. First. We weren't even married yet. Together, first brand new truck that we bought. Yeah, we weren't even married I, yet, but... I had the other truck before we got... Yeah. Before we moved in together. So tell me the difference of, like, how you felt the day we bought the 08 truck versus when you bought the diesel truck. Uh, I, I remember feeling excited, but yet dreading the following years to come. Yeah, because when we... A little backstory. So when we bought the 08 truck... It had like what 12 or 13 12 or 13 miles like literally yeah, yeah. i'm not did anybody even test drive it like before us i it was literally brand new we put a negative trade-in value because we put the we traded in the other truck it was negative we still owe twenty thousand on the 06. yeah so and then immediately yes in the hole. it was like we it was eight hundred dollar note it was enough it was close enough that i rounded it to nine every mm-hmm. month i just paid them 900 a month 900. we eventually started paying like 1800 the last few months yeah. we because we were like ready to get it paid off yes and then the diesel truck that we have now we bought was it four years ago maybe four yeah it was like it'll 18. Be, it'll be four years ago this coming february yeah and so we bought it in cash for what was it 25 25,000 and your favorite story to tell is when you went in there and you bought it and the guy was like which bank are you going to use yeah tell you tell the story yeah i mean i was i was in there for a while i mean like i, I don't know anybody that goes into a dealership and comes out within just a matter yeah. of minutes and i i hadn't told any i hadn't told the salesman that i was buying the truck that day in cash so naturally he did what he what they all do they well let me go talk to the manager blah 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 all that so he goes and i could see him standing back there and he comes back to the desk and he goes okay well he said uh he said lowest the the guy will go because they were asking twenty seven thousand for it he said lowest we'll we'll take for it is 25. Mm -hmm. and i said okay and i said well i want you know whatever you give me for my old truck i want to put that towards yeah towards that and uh and he said all right well let me go talk to the manager again blah blah you know back and forth back and forth so then he finally comes back and he sits down and he says all right now what bank are you going to be using today and i said regions my bank yeah and uh he goes okay and he said do you already have are you already approved for the loan and i said i'm not getting the loan i said i'm not financing the truck i'm going to buy it in cash today <laughs> and i said but i have to go to my bank and get the cash and, and get the and get the cash out and he, yeah. he just sat there and he just looked at me yeah and i, I you know i'm just kind of like it, it's only 25,000. Is, is there a problem <laughs> with that like because there are there are some dealerships that they they, they want you, you they, want you, they, they want you to finance because they make they make yeah. money on the interest but yeah. yeah but like the difference between that day of like being like, yeah, I'm gonna go to my bank and I'm gonna pay cash versus like when we bought the 08 and I remember like the pit of our stomach feeling and like haggling over the monthly price and just like we felt sick to our stomach and then just the difference. It, it wasn't a good feeling. Like you shouldn't, 
you shouldn't leave. You, you should be excited to get a new car. Yeah. Or, or a new truck. You shouldn't leave there feeling sick to your stomach. Oh crap! I gotta I gotta find a way to pay for this for the next if, six years. <laughs> if that's how you feel, you need to turn around and take it back and drive back off with your old vehicle. Yeah. Exactly. Because you're you're doing something wrong, and I wish somebody would have told me that then. Yeah. Because they're they're not going to stop you. They're oh, going to no. make money off of you one way or the other. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But it's it's crazy to think about like how far we've come. So we started off with four hundred ninety thousand in debt. We had the big house that we were living in. We had our old house that we had turned into a rent house. We had my property that I was gonna build my business on and then we ended up selling. Mm. We had all our credit cards, we had medical bills, we had three years worth of property taxes on all three pieces of property. Mm -hmm. We had that surprise IRS bill that we got like a couple months into after we added up our debt. Then we got a surprise third child Yeah. <laughs> right after that. Um, side eye, Melanie. Um, and yeah, so we had four hundred ninety thousand dollars worth of debt. We did pay. We did hustle through a good bit of it, and then we did sell all three pieces of real estate. Yeah, that took some time, but we got it done. Yeah, and then we moved into our rent house that we were in for four and a half years. Tiny, well, six seven hundred square feet, two bedroom, one bath, and then back in April when we bought this house. Yeah. We bought our land in twenty twenty. Yeah like glaze over that yeah. <laughs> and and so now we went from it being in debt almost a half a million dollars now our net worth is like in the 340s 350s kind of it's kind of been going back and forth through there which the stock market again is ridiculous but yeah. mid 300 thousands and our goal for you to retire is for our net worth to be a million and a half right and we're more or less on track for that so that's kind of where we've been and you know kind of that's i think that's roughly our story so now i'm going to switch to a couple of things that i hear from my clients that are super common and i want your response to them because a lot of times when i get off calls you're like how was your call and i'm like oh my gosh she said this and mm -hmm. you know and like kind of just sometimes i wish that you would sit on calls with me because your bluntness <laughs> is like you know kind of hilarious but anyway so a lot of times what i hear is like i said all of my clients are women some of them are in partnerships married or not and some are single some are mothers some are not and yeah. but all women different ages things like that so a lot of the times I hear about the amount of support that they get from their partner. And okay. there are a lot of people who their partner isn't involved, but they support it, which I think is kind of where we are. You're not really involved with the budget. And then I had one of my clients, I told her that one time and she laughed and she was like, well, if I had you to do my budget for free, why would <laughs> she's like, of course you're like good at it. Why would he want to well, do it? I mean, yeah, because <laughs> you're obviously way better at it than I was. Plus, you you act, you legitimately enjoy doing it. Yeah, that's true. I I don't really like doing it. I don't know anybody that does. 
No, there are a lot of people that do actually Um, shockingly, but I, I, and I tell people like, he's not involved with the budget specifically. We don't sit down. We don't have budget meetings and like hold hands, stare into each other's eyes and be like, what are your budgeting goals? No, that's not us. That's, I mean, I, I, I know somewhat what's, I I know what's going on. I know what you do with the money, where it goes, what are, you know, what, our spending budget looks like and what our next goal is or uh, yeah because you keep me filled in on all of that but you don't know the specifics month to month of like how much exactly our water bill was or how much exactly our electric bill is it's getting paid i don't care yeah but it really doesn't matter in the long run and so and i tell people all the time that is perfectly fine if you guys are both happy with that yeah and i think really the biggest thing you care about is the net worth number that's usually the only number that I kind of like relay to you. Yeah. And I kind of like give you the cliff notes after I check on the budget. I'm like, hey, our net worth's at this. I paid off this. I paid off that. I transferred the money. And you're like, cool. And that's pretty much it. Like, that's our budget meetings. Yeah. And I think it's also like kind of shows that focusing on the big picture is really all that matters to you. You're like, how much closer are we to retirement? How's it looking on the, the debt on, on the house and the land? And how's the stock yeah. market looking? <laughs> like That's kind of all that you really care about, yeah. which is fine. So I tell people all the time, they're like, well, my partner's not really involved. They might not want to be on the calls. I'm like, You're, that's fine. They don't have to be. You're totally fine. Then the, the next one I get is my partner isn't on board, but they're not really like holding them back. They're just kind of like, blah this budgeting thing is lame and like so what do you say to that if that was your client and you got to speak to her partner who was like blah this budgeting thing is lame what would you say to him (laughs) Uh, (laughs) i mean i I guess if it's really not their cup of tea yeah but they're, you know, they're okay with moving forward. I, I don't know. I wouldn't really push the envelope because usually that just causes problems. Yeah. Um, it might be in their best interest to know a little bit about what's going on and where their money's going, but you don't have to smother them with it. If they're okay with, you you know, that client doing the budget and handling the money and making sure everything gets paid, let them do it. Yeah. But then I hear a lot of times where it's like, He just won't, like, I put money in the spending account and he just won't use the right card or he just thinks that this is useless. Or I heard recently, you know, she was like trying to get the budget started up and he was like, well, now you're telling me like, I can't go out to eat as much as I was, or I can't buy this and that like junk, basically nothing, you know, stuff he could do without, but you're spending all this money on this new coaching program but I can't spend money. And she was like, yeah, but like, this is productive. (laughs) And she was like, he doesn't see like the difference, which is really hard and frustrating. But like my advice, and you can tell me what your thought is on this. My advice usually is like, well, for one, don't force it. Don't smoke. Don't be like yelling and like authoritative or whatever about it. They're not in trouble but to kind of think of more of like long-term together. And I think that's kind of what eventually like got you on board was 
well, yeah, but where do we want to be in five years? Okay, yeah. this is how we get there. And so, like, yeah, this budget might not be a lot of fun for the first year or two, but if you want to get to do this cool stuff in, like, five years, if you want to retire at 50, we have to do X, Y, Z to get there. So, like, let's look at the big picture together. Yeah. Do you have, like, any other thoughts on that? Any other advice on that other than that? No? Pretty much it? I mean, yeah, I mean, it's... <laughs> It's kind of hard to say between, you know, with some people and how they are with their spouse or their partner and yeah. how they do how they do their budget or how they don't want to do their budget or somebody's not on board with it or whatnot. I mean, at the end of the day, you can only, yeah. I guess, help somebody so much. That's true. I mean, yeah, I, I don't know. I yeah. Mean, I don't, I don't want to, I'm not going to bash anybody <laughs> that, I, that I don't know, but... I mean, it, it it is kind of amazing how short-sighted some people are. Yeah, and that it's causing their partner stress and, and hardship. And, you know, like, she's over here really stressed and worried about the future of their family and that he just, like, can't see that vision. That's what's really frustrating on my part and on her part. And she's like, I see it, but he won't see it. And so I say, try to think about, like, the big picture. Try to talk to him about the big picture and try to like get excited and focus on like the good stuff of it and eventually when they start to see the progress they'll usually start to come around but every once in a while this is my my third type of partner is the partner who isn't on board for one and is basically just making matters worse which is really really frustrating every once in a while you get the partner who is like not pulling their weight income wise not pulling their weight around the house, not pulling their weight as far as like taking care of the family, like watching the kids or cooking or cleaning. And it's really frustrating to see a client like have to pay for daycare, for example, when their partner is at home, literally like not working, not cooking, not cleaning, not watching the kids. It's very yeah, frustrating. I, I don't know about that. And I'm not sure where some women find these guys at. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah, that's... It's very frustrating. I think some lines need to be drawn there. Yeah. That's not okay. Like, you pick one. I mean, I'm, I'm very, you know, you know me, I'm pretty feminist. Like, okay, yeah, sure, the, the woman can be the breadwinner. Cool. Yeah, you're about if, to pull your weight if, somewhere else. If the woman's going to be the breadwinner, and you're going to and, and you're going to stay at home, then you're going to stay at home, and you're going to do stuff that needs to be done at home. Yeah. You're not just going to sit on your butt, smoke pot, and play video games all day, and ignore your children. Yeah. Which, like. But that's. Yeah, that's neither that's here nor there. That's not my business. I mean, that's where it like starts to cross the line. We're like, I'm not a mar marriage counselor. I can help you with your budget, but it's frustrating well, on my I, part. I've heard, I've listened to some of your calls, and sometimes you almost have to kind of be both. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, but if but it if, all ties together. But it, I mean, maybe that's a good thing because if yeah. they need somebody to talk to about it, I, I think you're the perfect person to talk to. Yeah, it. it's it's hard to like not cross that line and be like, eh, you know, um, let's see what else, what else, what else. Okay, so I have a couple questions from followers that I asked and I got, I have four questions from Instagram. I'll just go straight down the list. Do you feel more constrained 
by or more appreciative of all the budgeting? Do you feel constrained by it or appreciative of it? Uh, some sometimes I, I there there are times of constraint, uh, but overall, uh, yeah, I would overall uh, appreciative of it because yeah. it has changed our life. It has made things easier. It does make things easier. Yeah. I, but that but again that all goes back to putting the work in, doing the time. Like it, it didn't just it didn't just happen overnight. Yeah. But yeah yeah very. I think we all are very appreciative of how this is yeah. all turned out for us. I mean, I think still at the end of the day, you're the spender, I'm the saver. You're yeah. like, you're the fun one, I'm the old stick in the mud. Like, I would rather save and invest and you would rather like buy a four-wheeler. And we still, I mean, the four-wheeler was probably the last thing that we kind of disagreed on. There's still things that we disagree on. We're not perfect, but... yeah. We still work through and it's not like every little decision is not a make or break now and i think that's kind of the good part yeah of like we've we've made it this far that now we have enough wiggle room in our budget that we can disagree on some things and you can buy a four-wheeler and i can be a little grumpy about it because i wanted to keep that money in the savings account and you were like no we'll use it yeah. and it wasn't the end of the world no. i was only mad at you for like one day but it was fine. I didn't even notice. Yeah, see? Okay, question number two. How do you partner well with your wife on finances? I think, like, how do we how do we balance each other out with it? Probably, that kind of leads into what we were saying. Like, you're the, you're the spender, I'm the saver. I, I mean, you kind of just answered that. Yeah. With the last, with the last one, I, I like to spend money. I, I mean... That that doesn't necessarily. I'm not out spending money every day. No, not every um, day. But I I do. I mean, like I mean, I like to spend money. Yeah, but I also think that we balance each other out well because if it wasn't for you, I probably would barely ever do anything fun except for like ordering out food. I well, would still go out to eat. Well, yeah. I mean, I still like I to don't go mind. Out to eat. I still yeah. like to order in. Um, but a lot of my hobbies require spending of money yeah but you also like I respect the fact that you you like to stay at home and kind of just relax at home also I think a lot is like knowing what is important to your partner you also know that I it's hard for like it physically hurts my body sometimes to spend too much money or like if the savings account gets below a certain like I don't feel safe or secure like yeah. it makes me feel anxious and like i think you respect that and then also i respect the fact that if you don't ever get to do anything fun or buy anything or go anywhere you're gonna go crazy and so we kind of have to like respect each other's like preferences i think yeah and we, it wasn't always like that question number three did either of you ever blame the other for early financial issues? I did we? Did I blame all of it on you? You probably blamed it all on me. Probably, you yeah. Never told me about it. I mean, in my head, like, because <laughs> I well, it's hard because like I would feel like you would come home from work and we would want to go out to eat and buy clothes and, 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 and yeah, and but and that's understandable because a lot of it was. I mean, that me being me. Let's go do this. Let's go do that. And you were just kind of alone, alone for the ride. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, and, but but then, I mean, on the flip side, in the beginning when we started this whole debt-free journey, I was like, oh, you know, it, it's all Sammy's fault. We can't have any fun. This is <laughs> she's ruining our lives. What's going on here? Yep, I was gonna say that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, but we figured it out. Um, do you ever get frustrated at the rules around the spending money? I guess not. I don't really. What are our rules? <laughs> I put the amount of spending money in the spending account, and that's kind of it. I, I get frustrated sometimes because I feel like the spending account doesn't have enough money in it. Yeah. But that's because usually between the five of us, yeah, our I I feel like our spending budget could be upped a little bit. Yeah, it could be, but it, but. I don't, I don't know. I don't, it, it could be, but I don't think that's going to make much of a difference. You know, I always try to sneak like a couple extra hundred dollars into the savings account if possible. Yeah, and that's fine. And I'm always trying to like push it just a little bit more. Okay, that was our last question. So, do you want to do my question? Okay, so since you're technically an interview, this is your surprise question. You didn't know it was coming. So, every interview this season, I've been asking my guests to break free of the hustle culture. What is something that you enjoy doing that is not for the sake of making money or anything, it's not productive, but like, what do you do that simply brings you joy? <laughs> well, damn. <laughs> no, I, literally what I did this morning, I went and sat in the woods. Yeah. Alone. Yeah. It doesn't bring you any profit. No. It doesn't earn you merit or, you know, anything. I, I went and climbed 30 foot up a tree in a climbing stand. I didn't climb the tree. Yeah. Alone. Without the stand. <laughs> um, no, I didn't sit there and watch the sun come up. Uh, it was cold. I thought I was going to freeze to death, but it was worth it because I got to watch the sun come up, listen to the birds. I didn't see any deer. That was kind of a bummer. Um, but still, I mean, for me, it's regardless if I see deer, yeah, you know, anything else. I I just like being out there and listening to the wind. Exactly. Go through the trees and kind of just I just zone out. I, I zone out a lot actually enough, you know, so much that time seems to speed up when I'm out there. Yeah, that was a good answer. Okay. All right. Well, that was pretty much it. Thank you for your time. Do you have any last words? Okay. All right. Okay. Thank you. Okay. Bye. You're welcome. Thanks for hanging out for another episode of a sunny side up life podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend and leave a review. Five star reviews are what help the podcast grow. Don't forget to check out the episode show notes for links to everything that we talked about today, as well as tons of free resources to help you on your financial independence journey, like my monthly newsletter, budgeting challenges, fun downloads, and more. Head over to asunnysideuplife.com to get started. And if you want to keep up with me in the day to day, don't forget to follow me on social media at a sunny side up life. Well, that's all for me this week. Bye guys.